another episode of What's the Res? My name is Josh Herring. My name is Ethan Delves. And we are here to contribute to the ongoing conversation about the current resolutions in the world of high school debate. Ethan, what's our resolution today? Space Force. Space Force. Now, I didn't put the full resolution on the on the sheet, but uh, we are here uh, looking at the resolution that the benefits of the Space Force outweigh the harms. It's the public forum resolution for the month of March. We're recording already in March, so we're way behind, but that's okay. Right, so this is this is another one of those resolutions. The benefits of a would-be thing outweigh the harms that that thing would bring with it. It's a, it's a very speculative resolution on both sides. Except less so, because the Space Force, surprisingly enough, does exist. As of uh, December 2019, President Trump signed it into existence. It went into effect during fiscal year 2020. That's where I heard about it. I knew this wasn't just now. That's where I heard yep. about it. Okay. So it does exist. Okay. Um, I have a friend who probably wouldn't want to be named in this show, so I won't name him, but I do have a friend who is the director of communications for the Space Force. What? You he, know that person? He turned me down for an interview a year ago, so I don't think he would be up for going on the show now. But he, uh, he yeah, he, he, he got a job in, the, in there, and that's where he is now. But they, uh, it, it does exist. It's a thing. Whoa. So what do they do? Well, see, that, that I was trying to find that out today. It's surprisingly hard to figure out what exactly they do. Um, I found several articles that were looking at what they don't do. Uh, they don't colonize other planets. They don't develop faster-than-light travel. Uh, they aren't tasked with, like, laser wars or any laser weaponry or anything cool like that. Instead, their main mandate has everything to do with monitoring space trash, overseeing the satellite network that... Uh, allows GPS to work. And generally, if there's a need to say who's responsible for space stuff, they are now the military arm that's responsible for space stuff. Seems like a good way to get community service hours. Like it, <laughs> just, it seems like something I would sign up for is like go pick up trash for two hours so I can get your signature. That, I mean, sounds like something related to that. Don't tell your friend. I mean, I respect. I, you, I know. You've got to communicate when you're floating around up there. That's right. And, and hey, I, it's not to say that GPS doesn't matter. I mean, I use it all day, every day to get around now. Uh, but it's, it's really, honestly, I think it's really hard to figure out what exactly to list Man, on the if benefits. I, if column. I had access to satellites that big, I would be playing GeoGuessr all day. Have you ever played that game? Uh, that's the one where like you just get like a random image, right? And you, you have to say guess. where it is. Exactly. I am terrible at that. We did that as like a family game one night at my dad's house, and oh my goodness. It was just like random street in the middle of Wyoming. Like, yeah. how am I supposed to know? But it's exciting when you get the same like continent, really. Like, and then you feel like you got it close and you're really good at something academic. Now, uh, back to the Space Force, though, because I, I can't let this one go. Um, I don't know if you know the Star Trek emblem. I, I gather you're not much of a Trekkie. It's got like a spike on the top, and it's very like sleek looking. Yes? Maybe. If by spike you mean a generally triangular shape. Yes, yeah. But the, uh, the Space Force logo is basically a Star Trek oh, communicator. No. That's not good. <laughs> I mean, so it's like it. I, they they swear up and down that they did not intentionally make this a Star Trek communicator, but it's a Star Trek communicator. Um, they're they honestly they have a. It, it seems to me to be mostly a giant military bureaucracy. Uh, that that seems to be kind of the gist of this. Sixteen thousand people who were formerly in the Air Force are now still in the Air Force, but technically they've been reassigned to the Space Force. How many? Sixteen thousand. Sixteen. Wow. Okay. So, I mean, this this could still potentially be a really fun job. Can you imagine getting to do all of the monitoring and stuff that you get to do in the Air Force, but you're just in space? That's kind of cool. 
I mean, I, that sounds cool for, I think I would think that's cool for like 10 seconds. I don't know. I'm Being just. Being in space? Well, then we get to be in space. Well, how do you monitor space trash if you're not going to go pick it up? <laughs> you just watch it? Yeah. You position it. You, you, you. And what do you, you mean by space trash? Because when trash is in space and then it goes into Earth's atmosphere, it just burns up. Ah, uh, see, it, this, these are, uh, there are something like. like satellites? 26,000 unused satellites. Um, back when, I don't know what our current, uh, if what our current tech looks like, but the older rockets used to kind of drop their fuel canisters behind them once they broke orbit. Those I are still, still floating around. Yeah. Those are still floating around. There's, um, there's a lot of that kind of stuff, like just in the atmosphere that needs to be tracked, I suppose. And, but not cleaned up. No. No. Well, I mean, no, that's good because like when you're, no, when you're, on, no, 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 no. When you're launching a new rocket, you can't just launch it into trash. Like, if, if it hits that, that's someone's life right there. So that's important to monitor where these pieces of debris are so that nobody's put in danger during a launch, right? Now, I, I suppose so. But one of the other things I think is interesting about the Space Force is that it adds a new wing to three existing groups, but doesn't really... It's unclear to me how it's related to them. It doesn't replace them. I don't think it's in charge of them. But those three things are NASA, the Air Force, and U.S. Space Command. I think it's, I just have NASA in mind. Doesn't NASA, like, we wouldn't necessarily have a very good concept of space trash if it weren't for NASA, I don't think. Uh, that, that's, well, certainly the, I mean, there, there's a wide running, I, I'm just going to say, like, yes and no, because, like, certainly NASA would say so. Um, but over the last 20 years, there's been more and more discussion about, is there a way for private enterprise to kind of get in on the space game? Uh, and well, that's Elon Musk's I story just, right yep, there. I that's mean, it. He, you saw that he created a rocket that can mm -hmm. essentially reland itself after takeoff, which is pretty revolutionary. So in which case, would Elon Musk and his company have done a better, more efficient job of monitoring space trash than a giant governmental bureaucracy is the question there. Uh, they would if there was a market for it, but there's really no purpose, ah, that's, which is that's, why the government does it. It's true. So what we've got is the Air Force and now the Space Force, but the Space Force is nested underneath the Air Force, much like the Marines are technically nested underneath the Department of the Navy in terms of the structure of the military. You're going to have a lot of angry Marines listening to this. You know what? If we have a lot of Marines listening to this, I'm going to take that as a win. Yeah. That, that is okay. <laughs> and if uh, Tyler Bonin is listening to this episode, we'll just take this as a moment for a shout out to, uh, to Mr. Bonin from, from days gone by. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, one other thing I was mentioning as kind of general background, I was listening to a quick 10-minute podcast the Heritage Foundation put out about the Space Force. Uh, their researcher mentioned that this really got started, he thinks, with Russia and China developing their version of a space military arm. So, Ethan, I know you haven't particularly prepped this one. You're not writing this case. But if you were looking at districts coming up in your NSDA district in a couple weeks and you were prepping this resolution... What argument strategies do you see on the pro? What are the benefits of this thing? I think anything that requires enforcement of the ideals that NASA has laid out for what is space, how should we approach it, and what do, like, what do we need to do essentially with the resources that we have to interact with space, whether it's colonization of a different planet like Mars, whether it's stewarding our own atmosphere so that you know, like, things don't potentially enter the atmosphere and end up you know, knocking out a city or something. So NASA is like the scientists behind this whole thing, but then you need someone to actually go out there and fix the problems that we've identified. I think that's a great place for the Space Force to be because remember, both of them are government entities. The military has a lot more funding than NASA does. 
So this is an entirely new funding stream, I guess you could say, for anything related to activities regarding space. So you're drawing on more money, and you have a potential solution to any problems that NASA would need taken care of, like you know, stewardship as it relates to cleaning up trash in space, or at least identifying where that is so then when we you know, intend on having a mission to go to another planet or some kind of space activity, nobody's running into debris that could kill them. There was that, there was a movie actually I just watched. It was, what was it? Give me the name of the movie. I don't know it was, what you just watched. Oh, okay, no, but it was like, it was in space. It was, it was called like Gravity or something maybe? Or, oh, it could be. Yeah, there's a, I know what you're talking about. My dad showed it to me because he, he's obsessed with space. And it, it was almost entirely silent, but it took place in space where there was an explosion in space. And then because space is a vacuum, those particles are traveling at essentially the speed of bullets. And then these people were in danger because they were on a space mission in space. So I can imagine some, a space force being something that addresses explosions in space, dangerous debris, keeping people safe with enough revenue, or sorry, money to do it. No, I kind of see that. I, I see what you're saying. And I think there's something I hadn't thought about that maybe one of the flaws that I'm seeing in this could actually be turned to be a, a pro benefit. The fact that there's not a currently a clear, there's not a current clear purpose governing with the Space Force, which I think on con, you can easily say, what's the point of starting another governmental thing without a clear purpose for it? But you could easily flip that and say, actually, the point here is that we have this as sort of a blank slate. And if we are looking at uh, trying to establish colonization where efforts on Mars, if we are looking at developing terraforming technology, in addition to how do we properly steward the area around our planet, uh, and, and what are the other kind of defensive things that we can do, all of that's there as potential there's, argument strategies. There's also the fact that space is, well, we have... We've studied space extensively. There's always more to learn because we've, I mean, just like on Earth where we've studied like 1% of the oceans, imagine the percentage of space that we've studied is, is minute, right? And, and as far as our reach to those places, our physical reach to those places is going to improve over time and how we, when we have different forms of technology. And I think that keeping up with that by having a space force and especially having a space force when Russia and China have one allows us to have our foot in the game kind of similar to the space race before, except this is a you know technologically advanced military version of that. Oh, and I think that's the biggest arc, that's the biggest strategy I see, kind of the big obvious strategy on pro. I mean, kind of go all in on technological developments that tend to come through a, a uh, an arms race kind of mentality, and that that really the Cold War was a huge motivating factor. I mean, we we got to the moon in part because we were trying to beat Russia. It kind of galvanized the country in a way that nothing else really did. And if we're if Russia and China are moving this direction, then if we are going to kind of stay with the traditional American position as like we are the ruling superpower on the planet, then this is an area we have to be in on as well. And if we're not, then we kind of lose out to the countries that are trying to edge the U.S. out in terms of like who is the global superpower. I think that's a fair argument. They can make sense. And then there's always the risk that Khan just comes back and says, who cares? Because like maybe for landing on the moon, like that's cool, right? But then space trash? Why start an arms race over that? Just let China be the space police cleaning up the trash. You know what I mean? Like well, we, we could be the international police, but China could just, you know, mess around up there, clean up a couple satellites. Well, which if you were going to do that, I mean, you could easily then kind of turn to some of the easily accessible data on uh, China and pollution in China and how ineffective the Chinese government has been at, pol at policing their own pollution habits, magnify that into kind of the cosmos at large, I'd, I mean, there are many things that I think the Chinese government can, could be good at. Figuring out how to monitor trash is not one of them. 
maybe they would just throw all the trash into space where they can't do any harm because there's no atmosphere to trap the CO2 in. Well, which then creates, I, I don't even, there's a, I don't know if you've ever seen the TV show Futurama. No, but, but it has a robot. It does. Uh, but there's also, there's an episode that reminds me of where there's a, the, the show is set a thousand years in the future and they have a, there's one episode with this horrible dilemma where uh, there is a giant floating comet made of trash that's coming for uh, new New York in the year like 2999. And uh, what you'd learn in the show is that in about 1999, the uh, city of New York, they, they, instead of sending all of their trash to other states for a landfill, they just kind of attached to a rocket and shot into space. And now it's back a thousand years oh, later. No. <laughs> so, no, honestly, I, I think on pro, I mean, I, I don't think I would, I never really planned to suggest this for a debate strategy, but here I would honestly read some sci-fi. <laughs> Uh, like watch some watch some sci-fi TV shows. I think uh, uh, just to kind of see what are some of the ways people have imagined a space military working effectively. And if we are moving in this direction, it's not that we're expecting um, excellent space military today. Much like it took it took several decades for the Air Force to really develop into an efficient force. Uh, this is a whole new wing of military activity. So there's been a lot of theoretical work done in various forms, uh, and we're starting to kind of see that worked out in practice. Cool. I think it's a good time to move on to the con. All right. Um, on con, I, I would start with saying this is first and foremost an example of bad, mil of bad military action. We don't start with saying, oh, our enemies have this. Let's make one, too. Instead, we need to back up, figure out the purpose of the Space Force, figure out how that advances American interest, and then develop it in alignment with that purpose. This clearly lacks that. It doesn't have the streamlined efficiency that it needs to have to be any kind of effective. Uh, since, it's a, since it doesn't have that kind of effectiveness, it's a giant waste of taxpayer dollars, uh, which currently to the tune of $15.4 billion a year. Yes. I, I just think yes. I mean, I'm trying to think of a way that Pro could come back to, from that with, you know, you know kind of how like when people are like, oh, Amazon's a, you know, like three thousand dollars. If I would have bought it for four dollars X amount of years ago, right? You'd be like a multi-millionaire. You were just telling me a story about a friend that. Yep. Said, yeah. Exactly. Yep. So, I feel like this is one of those things where space is a realm of, of almost endless potential. I mean, from a scientific standpoint, from potentially a military standpoint, from an extension of where life can exist standpoint if we find and develop enough technology to make that happen. So it seems like a very, very, very rudimentary realm right now. But given the proper development, innovation, time, and money, it could become something huge, like the next revolution of some sort, right, of, of existence in space. So this, the pro could come back and theorize that this is a massive opportunity, so we should invest in it a little bit, which I know $15.4 billion is no little bit, but it compares to the entire government budget, it is a small percentage of that budget. So contributing that amount now and getting our foot in the door now could yield massive amounts of control in the future. And the United States is all about having a large reach of control. Now, I just went back and pulled up the actual resolution, which I probably should have done 10 minutes ago. But the, reason, the resolution uh, technically reads, on balance, the benefits of creating the United States Space, space Force outweigh the harms. Now, I think there's, there could be some interesting fun had with this uh, yes. gerund, verb, creating... Uh, it's got to be a gerund because it's an object of the preposition there. But if we're looking at the benefits of creating 
then that means the really the real benefit here was like President Trump looked a lot more militaristic and kind of was like, oorah, started a new branch of the military. And but the harms there might honestly be like President Trump looks more militaristic and <laughs> doesn't know what to do with the Space Force. And now we have an ongoing category of the military that is really hard to get rid of. The, I, people are going to run a ton of democracy related things or, or, you know, democracy versus, I don't know, communism or something. But like if we if we lose our grip on the world right now, then the world become worse because impacts a bad Chinese government. Right. So like, I can see that as a, and granted it's PF, we're not doing this in an LD context, but from a framework perspective, it's going to be what's nice about having the United States controlling things that without having the space force, we're controlling less than we would have because China has another, you know, is an inch ahead of us. And then there's bad impacts. I think that's all true. I mean, I, and honestly, one other kind of economic impact might be to consider the long-term cost because I'm sure you've seen this as in the last two presidential cycles, um, every so often there become uh, it's as if politicians will make an argument about like, oh wow, we spend so much money on X, we need to spend less money on X. It is almost invariably a shot in the foot electorally to try and defund the military in any way. Even if you go through and look at the line item budgets, and you could even if you could make a rational case, like, look, honestly. These are foolish expenses. The taxpayer doesn't need to foot the bill for whatever it is that's tucked away inside the Navy's budget. Well, that almost never goes anywhere because nobody wants to say, go back to their constituents and say, I voted for us to be less safe. And now the definition of safety is expanded. Not only does it include on land, uh, by sea and by air, now it's like, oh, we have the Space Force as well. Which, if it's true, is one thing. If it's a giant question mark about why exactly do we need this that we're now paying $15.4 billion a year to fund, that's a waste of money yeah. and a waste of government, of government energy. I like it. I think that's good for Khan. Pretty much even ground on both sides, I guess. I mean, because you could make a really nice theoretical international competition case on affirmative and potentially... You know, I don't know, the, like the word for in between countries is international, but like interplanetary case for innovation or something, right? Or intergalactic, I guess, uh, right? If we have that. But uh, on, on Con, we've just got the regular old grumpy, don't spend this money type of deal. Well, I think so, but you've also got, especially Con, I mean, like, I, normally PF gets so. Read you my stats, give you my information, read, make it so clinical, a lot less rhetorical. Now, uh, Listeners, in case anyone is listening to this, if you try this and it works, please do write us in. Uh, write us at what's the res at gmail.com. We'd love to hear this story. Because I think there's a, there could be a great case for Khan just to get up and basically mock the wazoo out of the Space Force. One of my favorite things I learned today is that apparently there's a, uh, there, there is a promise that's been made that uh, someone in these 16,000 former Air Force personnel who are now Space Force Guardians... That's literally oh, their name. like Guardians of the Galaxy type thing? Guardians wearing the Star Trek emblem. I haven't, even, I haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy either. I don't oh know that's goodness. important. Lame. Anyway, we'll, we'll fix your lack of the Marvel Cinematic Universe knowledge later. Um, but they're going to go rename several Air Force bases space bases. But they're on Earth? Yes. Everyone employed in the... Everybody employed uh, in this is literally... On Earth, they live here. <laughs> they work in offices. 
They, they don't get to go be space guardians in space. These are not astronauts. Those are still NASA employees no, I or mean, astronauts. Well, I, would, I don't know. Like if I worked to, in the Air Force and I was like, I don't know, like a pilot or something and I was stationed at an Air Force base, I, I work during the day and then, you know, like just like a, a normal job in the military. And then now they've reassigned me to a space base. With not doing like monitoring trash or something, but there's 16,000 of us. That would I would have a hard time telling people what I do. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Now, and that that also there too might be a little. That might be another harm to consider. I mean, like, what about the people who? Uh, maybe I'm making something out of nothing. But what about the guy who went to the Air Force Academy, has wanted to be in the Air Force his entire life, and has now been assigned to be part of the Space Force? And he went from something that had a clear role and value and tradition. There has to have been something voluntary about this. Like, do you want to be a part of the Space Force? They couldn't just... Okay, maybe not, maybe not. I don't know. You you don't sound like you have a whole lot of familiarity with how the military works. Okay, because you get deployed and assigned somewhere. Okay, but it's the Space Force. Like, couldn't there be any... I like when you join the military, you you sign away your right right right. to say, no, I don't want to do that. Like literally they tell you where you work and then you figure out how you live near where you work like that. that, That's part of the that's part of the package deal. All right. Well, that honestly is everything I have to say about the Space Force. Do you you have any other thoughts, Ethan? No, I don't. I honestly don't like space or astronomy very much. No, it's just like it's it's just not an area of interest at all. It's. It's just one that I like to, it's like astrology. I just like to cut it out. You know what I mean? It has no place in my head. Uh, there, if, if anybody wants a book recommendation that won't help you with PF at all, but it might make you a better human being, you should uh, get a hold of a copy of C.S. Lewis's Out of the Silent Planet. He has a three-page section in there where he, compa- he talks about the mythology implied by the word space and the emptiness and the cold clinicalness of space versus the older mythology implied by the word the heavens. And how the heavens sort of connotes a populated realm with beings and inhabitants moving in and out and, and life and light, which none of which is connoted by Space Force. When I, I hear that. Space Force, I think stormtroopers like landing out of a space shuttle and like uh, shooting everyone with, bla- with laser blasters or something. Sounds like a good read. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, everything we've got for you this episode. Uh, if you have any feedback for us, Ethan, how can people get in touch to uh, give us their feedback? If you've got feedback, please let us know at whatstheres at gmail.com. That's W-H-A-T-S-T-H-E-R-E-S at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Reddit at whatstheres underscore, or go to our website. That's www.whatstheres.com. And until next time, work hard, speak well, and seek the truth. Mm-hmm.